And we ask now that your Holy Spirit would be sent forth from heaven to illumine our hearts and minds, that we may be improved by your touch here in the house of mourning. In Jesus' name, amen. The death of a faithful Christian like Pat-Pap always brings both sadness and joy for us who are still here. We miss him because, as we've seen, he loved us like a good Christian man. His joyful countenance and his championship hugs will no longer brighten our souls, except in our sweet memories of him. And yet, even in our sorrow of missing him, we rejoice with abundant joy that he is with Christ. Surely he is with Christ. Pat Pap has entered into perfection. No sin, no sickness. No sadness, no death, no doctor's visits up there. He is home. Now listen, about 3,000 years ago, inspired by the Holy Spirit, toward the end of his life, King Solomon penned the book of Ecclesiastes. And he wrote about days like this, when mourners gather together. Now listen closely, as God's ancient wisdom sounds in our modern ears, as an ancient king's insights help us as heaven speaks to earth once again. Ecclesiastes 7, verses 2 and 3. Better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. So, brothers and sisters, by choosing to be here for Pat Pap's memorial service today, November 29th, 2021, 6.30 p.m., you've demonstrated wisdom. And may your life be blessed as a result of being here this evening. Wouldn't it be Pat Pap's wish for each of us that as a result of his life and his death, we would all grow up together in knowing, loving, and obeying Christ? Wouldn't that be what he wanted for this time? For as you know, death awaits us all. We like to distract ourselves from that reality. But in times like this, here we are. And the wise on this earth, those who desire for their hearts to be made better, they capitalize on times like this. They will not shy away from the sad countenances present here in the house of mourning but rather are drawn into the sadness knowing the school of suffering teaches best of all. A little secret. When mixed with faith in God, pain shared together stirs us all onto these higher considerations, to questions that matter the most, and to divine answers that provide us with solid comfort lasting joy, and genuine gospel transformation. You see, in the house of mourning, we can learn to ask the right questions if we will only look to Christ. For this is His house of mourning. Founded and built upon Him and what He did. 
You see, Jesus said, everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. So we will acknowledge Christ tonight. This moment, we're here together around Pat Pap's Christian death, his dying in Christ, falling asleep in the Lord, brings us into this house of mourning, yes, with the shades of our temporary loss, these strong, deep floods that sometimes threaten to overwhelm us at some moments. But this is not the deep, dark house of mourning reserved for those outside of Christ. But this is a day rather filled with the brightness of sure hope and the sweet scent of eternal life. Our consideration of Pat Pap's life and his recent departure takes us on a redemptive path. A path of mourning where we will see a bloody cross, an empty tomb, and a shining throne. And it's a sweeter throne to us now because he's there. And we will, by God's grace, depart this evening with hearts made better by Christ himself. So what comfort overcomes our sadness? It's a bloody cross that we look to. We look to Christ. It is no small thing that we cannot see Chuck anymore in this life. Pat Pat is gone. And you know, each new experience of his absence will pierce our hearts. The morning the sadness will last until we see him again. We have to learn how to mourn like Christians. His sweet daughter Mandy will miss his kindness and his affection every day. Especially in hard times and during those special moments you wish you could share with him again. His beloved grandchildren will also pass through times of aching for Pat Pap's strong and happy voice. Too blessed to be stressed. We won't get to enjoy watching dear Pap have hold and love on his future great-grandchildren. This will be hard, real sadness indeed. So where can we find comfort for today and for every day to come? Well, we look to Christ, don't we? That's what we do. How did Jesus mourn? How did Jesus mourn? Listen to God's word from John 11. After Lazarus, Jesus' friend, had died. And friend of Jesus had died. The, the dear one of Mary and Martha. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. There's a lot we could say from this text, but there's just a few things I'd like to emphasize for us tonight. If we're to find Christ's comfort, we want to mourn the way that Christ mourned. What does he show us? Look closely. We'll see that he shows us sadness and anger mixed together in Christian mourning. Yes, anger. And we also see that Jesus did not hide his pain. He did not deny his pain. 
at the loss of Lazarus and the shared sadness of these women who were mourning in his presence. He embraced this pain and he shared fully in the sadness of Mary and Martha. He opened up and he felt all the loss, both his and others. And we, like him, can have this courage to feel the soul-crushing pain of missing a dearly beloved departed friend or family member. Christian mourning takes us deeper into the pain throughout the course of our life. Pain doesn't stop because we're Christians. It actually gets bigger. What did Jesus do next? You see, as a real man, he expressed his sadness with open weeping for all to see. This was not a show that he put on. There's a time for the tears to flow freely, for the shoulders to shudder, for the breaths to be short and ragged, and for grief to just have its way with us and with our bodies. It's how, part of how God made us as human beings. <clears throat> but he not only felt and expressed his sadness, and it's in the feeling, the experience of this sadness the anger comes. You say, Jesus was angry? Jesus was angry, Pastor? Did you know that the word groaned used twice here in John 11 about Jesus? Twice. Text says he groaned in the spirit and, and text says later again groaning in himself. Brothers and sisters, this word here relates to us a deep-seated indignation and anger and a strong desire evil to be destroyed. That's part of how our hearts are improved as we mourn. Christ's anger was properly directed against the source of death and pain there at Lazarus' tomb. You know the answer. Jesus' soul was moved to war against the devil to destroy the destroyer. And in the foreshadowing of his coming total victory, what did he do? He called Lazarus forth from the tomb with his mighty word. Jesus himself would go on to solve the problem of death, sin, pain, and loss once and for all on that wondrous bloody cross where he crushed the devil down, down, down. There's comfort there, yes? And the comfort flows for us, available now and daily in Christ, as all of our heart's pain as Christians, in Him, all of our heart's pain and loss and sadness and anger are swallowed up as we gaze once again at Christ's wondrous love demonstrated to us on the cross. Amen. You see, no one has ever known what he knew. No one has ever known the pain and the sorrow that was his crushing pain and his universal ocean of sadness that he experienced on the cross. Nor his avenging anger to destroy the devil displayed for us all upon that bloody cross. There's comfort. That's lasting comfort. That's real comfort. That's Holy Spirit wrought Word of God comfort. That's solid comfort. 
all woven together in his crucifixion. His sadness, his loss, his anger. We look there and we find divine solace for our souls over and over again. The peace of heaven's brightness breaking through to this world, warming our souls to the core again and again. Solid comforts, unshakable peace, available for all at Christ's cross, where death destroyed death, where suffering swallows up our suffering forever and ever. Praise be to God. Yet, I haven't even mentioned the best part yet, I don't think. There's even more comfort for us as we consider the death of Pat Pat, a man held securely in the hands of our loving Messiah. We have the joy of knowing with certainty that Chuck is now in the fullness of joy unveiled. David wrote, in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And that's where Pat Pap is now. Definitely too blessed to be stressed. Overflowing with fullness of joy, experiencing all of heaven's pleasures forever and ever. And we Christians, we are to comfort one another with such words. When another Christian sleeps in Christ, we are to comfort one another with such words. We're commanded to. We have overabundant comfort as we consider Pat Pap's current bliss. Not only all the comforts that we've already mentioned that are ours when we look to how Christ our Savior mourns, but this great comfort. Paul wrote about this to the church at Thessalonica. Encouraging them and us in the day of death. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. You see, we sorrow as those with an unshakable, invincible, certain hope. Jesus has Pat Pap in his arms. And we're going to be there someday too, by his grace. Paul goes on in verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. We in Christ shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words. This is not platitude or powerless fairy tale. This is the very truth of the victory of Christ's empty tomb at work. We've seen a bloody cross Now we see an empty tomb. The bloody cross work of Christ saw Pat Pat safely home as he fell asleep in Christ. But then the empty tomb work of the Father who raised up Christ also went to work bringing Pat Pat's soul safely alive to paradise. That empty tomb means a lot to us Christians, doesn't it? What was lost in the garden by the guiles of the serpent and the sin of our first parents has been more than restored to Pat Pat. In John 14, Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. And Pat Pat lives. Well, praise be to God. And hallelujah is what I say. That's just as true for Pat Pat now, nay, even more true now than when he was still here with us. He's more alive now than ever. Comfort one another with these words, brothers and sisters, because this house of mourning is built on Christ. Pat Pat's hope and our hope Christ who lives now and forever and ever by the power of an indestructible life and who is able and willing and promises that nothing, no one anywhere can take us out of his nail-pierced hands. Those same hands now embracing Pat Pat with the best time of all. But wait, 
There's even more for the people of God in his house of mourning. Not only do we have overabundant comfort and joy in Christ's cross and in his resurrection, we also have the promise that our hearts can be made better than they were before we arrived here this evening. Better, changed, transformed, grown up in love for Christ. Now I'm hoping that that's already occurred for each one of you to some extent, from the youngest to the oldest, family, friends, Men, women, all of us. As we've talked together before the service, as we've hugged one another, as we've prayed and as we've rejoiced in singing together and as we will sing some more once I stop talking. We've heard wonderful stories. Pat Pat's love to his family, his love for Christ, all those great memories in the video. These things change us as we see our Savior at work in the lives of his people. But now, at this moment, as we come to the close of this gospel message in the house of mourning, let's honor Pat Pat by going on a little further. How can we each grow up even more in the knowledge, love, and the obedience of God before we depart here tonight? Because Christ's bloody cross and his empty tomb go on, do they not, to an ascension and a shining throne of grace where Christ now lives and reigns over all. Pat Pap is now enjoying loving and obeying God perfectly at that throne. Perhaps a few questions can spur us all on toward more love and good deeds, loving good deeds, toward greater enjoyment of Christ, our nail-scarred, risen, ascended King. First, as you look to your future, your future, and as you consider your approaching day of death, What will that house of mourning be like for those you leave behind? Imagine it's your service. It's your day. There's people sitting here to honor you, to remember you. What will that day be like for them? What will it be like for you? Will they look at your life, those that have been left behind, and be comforted by God's promises that you are with Christ? That day of your death, will you fall asleep in Christ and go on into the eternal resurrection? But even more, you see those prior questions perhaps for those who are not in Christ. But even more, I suspect most if not all of us here trust in Christ. But if you are a Christian, what is the state of your life right now? Are you walking with God each day? This is the word of God, the centerpiece of your life. What's your prayer life like? Do the words of Paul in Ephesians 4 really mark your life? I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Is that you? That lowliness and that gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with others, endeavoring, that's working, striving, to keep the peace that God calls us Christians to have with one another. Are you enjoying being sanctified by Christ, changed into His likeness in the context 
of His church, bound together in the bond of peace, loving the Lord more and more each day with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Does this characterize your life? How are your relationships? Look, at your house of mourning, will there be some people who might not show up because you haven't done all that you can do to live at peace with those around you? May God bless us to be peacemakers. May God use the occasion of this moment to bless us, to make every effort to honor him as peacemakers. Also, as you ponder death today, does your heart burn with the Lord's anger against the devil, against the great destroyer? A friend of mine said to me recently, I wish I just had a picture, a place that I could get my hands on the enemy and just let him have it. The one who's done all these things to us. Because our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Amen? Amen. The people who irritate you, or, or you're, the, the, it's not them. The devil should have your crosshairs. Perhaps you will go forward tonight more aflame with a life of loving warfare against the devil. A life of prayer, a life of trust, and a life of obedience. May the Lord God bless us all today to have our hearts improved by Christ himself. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing.